everybody, Will Hawk here at the Roots Rednecks and Radicals Podcast. Thanks for joining in. I got a great interview lined up for you today with Jason Cruz of the band Strung Out. He did a solo album, and we had a good conversation about the songs on that album. Before we get to it, I want to remind you, as always, to like and subscribe to the show. And if you're on social media, go ahead and give me a follow on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and the YouTubes. I'm on all four of those platforms. I'm having a good time on TikTok, honestly. I like it. I think it's kind of fun. So a little bit about this interview with Jason Cruz. If you're from the 90s like myself or graduated in 96, you're probably familiar with the punk band Strung Out. They are amazing. They sound super cool. It has that 90s skate punk kind of vibe. Uh, they were big when I was in high school and then uh, continued to make uh, records after that. And then um, uh, Jason Cruz, the lead singer from Strung Out, has been doing solo stuff on his own as well. And so he's putting out an album and a bunch of songs that he wrote that have more of kind of a, a surf rock kind of vibe here and there, more singer songwritery stuff here and there. Just really interesting, cool stuff. And we had a great conversation about his songs and songwriting and guitar tone and you know all the cool things. So hope you enjoy this interview. Here you go. Fantastic. All right. Well, the new album's coming out on Liars Club Record, which is uh, a label owned by Amigo the Devil. And I'm just interested in how that relationship came to be and um, how you connected with them. Um, my connection was through Regime. Um, th they've been supporting, uh, I think the first time I ever went to Japan was strung out way back in uh, 1996 or 95. Uh, I went with Kevin Zinger, who's uh, with Regime. And uh, um, we just kind of uh, met up again and he was he believed in the mute. So um, yeah, that's how it kind of came to be. Gotcha. That's cool. I didn't realize the relationship went back that far. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. He's been, uh, um, Kevin's been great to, to, to strung out and, uh, to me for a long time. Was, what, does regime go back that far? Has he, is, what, what was he doing back in the 90s with that? I think it was SRH back then, okay. that company SRH. Um, and then it kind of just morphed into to the entertainment group. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm, I'm learning a little bit, a little bit more, um, as I've been uh, working with these guys, but it's cool. A lot of, a lot of cool bands connected to that, that group. Yeah, yeah, I like I love what he's doing. I love the that he's that it grew from punk, that all this has grown from punk and it's uh, a whole new manifestation. You know what I mean? It's like the the evolution. I love I love to see it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I have some questions about that actually um uh, a little bit down the road, but yeah, this connection between kind of what's happened musically with um there's all these different names for it, alt country, Americana, there's um there's a lot of connections to the punk world and uh that 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 whole thing is is pretty fascinating for sure. I think it's a, I think it's a, cause punk was a, a, a good way for people to learn how to write songs and not be very good at it. And then uh, I think as you get better and you get a little bit more, you're, you're, you get a little bit more sophisticated in your thoughts, I guess there's a place for it now. You know, we've like, I feel like punks have created their own place, a place for, for their growth, for something new, for something different to happen, you know, and it's American music. And I think it's all about the celebration of that. I love American music. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, and, and as you get older, too, I don't know. I mean, I, I can speak for myself as I get older. Um, I, I, I just have a new appreciation for um, roots music and, and everything from blues to country to, um, you know, the whole um, uh, the, the, the span of different genres of American music. Um, it's it's pretty incredible when you look at world history, you know, and, and what America's been able to add to the pantheon of music. It's, a, it's like the coolest thing about our history. You know, like they should teach it in, in school. It should be a, 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 a part of the curriculum in school. 
Um, I think I've probably appreciated it a lot more because we talk so negatively when you're punk about America and our culture and, you know, it, it tends to favor the, the dark side of things. But um, I think we have such a rich musical contribution, like you said, to the rest of the world. I, 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 I you know, I, I fucking love it. Yeah, absolutely. It's incredible. Um, yeah, well, in, in regards to this record that you're putting out um, uh, with, with Jason Cruz and Howell, um, what was the recording process like? Um, uh, did you guys uh, record together in the studio? Did you do it live? Did you do it kind of distanced? Um, uh, what, what was that process like for this record? Well, it was during COVID. Um, and uh, uh, for me, COVID was, a you know, um, with all respect to what everyone else went through, COVID was a pretty positive thing for me because I got to take a break and I got to be with my family and I got to actually sit down and make this project happen again um so i had it was like a playland for me it was like i think that's probably why the record is a little bit uh as i guess i like to think of it as playful that you can't really put your finger on one on one on what it is and i think that was just the the joy of actually having the time to like try write a song that was kind of loungy or write a song that was kind of i don't know different than anything that i've ever done before so um yeah we had the 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 luxury of time and um nobody was in the studio because nobody because of covid so it was just wide open you know yeah so did you do the um like sharing files and and do everything distanced um you know i did we did all the music uh we did the drums in one room and then the guitars in another room and then the vocals so um i think almost like I would rather almost prefer that because it's time. It's like I could work on vocals for a song for a week if I wanted to, and then come back and erase the whole thing and do it all over again. And that is something I've never been able to do before. And um, because of technology now, you know, um, I th there, there's definitely something to be um, gained from that, I think. For sure. For sure. Yeah, it's, it's been interesting interviewing bands this last couple of years. Um, I interview um, kind of a, a wide range of, of different genres, um, some bluegrass artists and and folk Americana and stuff like that. And um, there's even some some bluegrass guys who traditionally play together a lot and uh, they were able to record distanced over COVID and it, it sounded like, like they were in the same room. And it, it's just kind of mind blowing where technology has gone in the recording process. You know, an interesting thing too, um, I was never able, like I can like, like I got a little home studio at home where I can do vocals. Like I got a nice little setup or, and others that the studio itself, but I could like have a, have some drinks and smoke some weed and get a little lit. And maybe a couple of times I did some, I microdosed mushrooms and worked on like, let me, let me try this. And mm -hmm. I've never been able to do that before in the studio because mm -hmm. money or schedule or like, you got to get this done. You got it. You know, everything was right. so regimented. And I think with how I can get a little wasted and record <laughs> and if it doesn't work it doesn't work fuck whatever you know but like right. i could uh whatever any means to an end you know yeah <laughs> i hadn't thought about the the benefit of being able to do shrooms while you're recording <laughs> oh yeah not wasting anybody's time if it doesn't work right. out but if it does it's magic you know yeah <laughs> like the constraints are, are gone like the constraints of somebody else's schedule it's gone and that is everything to art yeah yeah, that's 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 funny. That's that's like the essence of creativity, right? Just being able to kind of um, just, just do whatever, fucking to work. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, that's interesting stuff. Well, you know, the the music on this one um, is, is different than um, uh, the music for Strung Out. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a little more chill. It's a little more uh, kind of singer songwritery. And um, I, I'm just kind of, you know, there's, there's a whole tradition in, in punk, even with like, take a guy like Mike Ness with Social Distortion, you know, um, uh, doing a country album. I did that a long time ago. There's always been this this crossover. And you know, we, we chatted about that just a few minutes ago. Um, but I'm just... Um, really interested in your musical journey and influences and kind of, you know, um, uh, why you'd want to do a project like this. You've been doing it for a while now, but where did this whole thing kind of come from, uh, Jason Cruz and Howell? Well, it's funny you brought up Social Distortion because um, Prison Bound is a country record. Like, if you listen to it, there's acoustic there's acoustic guitar throughout every song. Um, Prison Bound's a country song, and then the record after that is all country country chords like he just put a a, a, a an electric guitar to it and you put a little bit more attitude but i think i noticed that really young you know i was obsessed with mike ness and social distortion really young and i and he made it cool he made it cool like i loved my i grew up with country my parents listen to country um i fucking love country old george jones i love that shit and i don't see to me I, it's punk to me it's the same thing you know it's 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 simple and it's uh honest you know and it's um it's more about the delivery than it is about the technique only you know what i mean about like your musical knowledge it's about like the 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 purity of the delivery and that's probably where it came from that's cool yeah you know the source made it cool made it uh, accessible Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and Mike's connection to Johnny Cash and, um, you know, just uh, just that whole that whole world of, of country music. You brought up Prison Bound. Um, Prison Bound. Uh, there's a there's a popular country song called uh, Wagon Wheel. Are you familiar with that song? No, who does it? Um, so Old Crow Medicine Show um, originally wrote it and then it got popularized by the guy from Hootie and the Blowfish, uh, Darius Rucker. Um, he's, yeah. he's a black country musician. Yeah, he's um, rad. He's totally rad. Yeah, totally. Um, he, he he made that song like like super huge. If you look it up on Spotify. Oh, wait, is it the if it's the one song I'm thinking about that he... It, Probably I know is. what you're talking about. It's a great song. Yeah, it's like "Rock Me, Mama, Like a Wagon Wheel." Yeah, 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 yeah. I know that song. That, yeah, yeah. That song. I was, I was playing. I play with some some bluegrass guys, and then we were, we were playing uh, "Wagon Wheel," and then and then "Prison Bound" popped in my head because it's the same chords and it's the same, almost the same melody. And I started yeah. singing "Prison Bound" over "Wagon Wheel," and everybody. I'll, I'll, I'll listen. Then I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll try and associate that next time. Yeah, it's funny. You know, there's just like in in, in music, man. There's so many like crossovers with everything. It's amazing. It's funny how you give the same three chords to somebody else and they'll do something completely different or just, it's just, that's what's rad about music, you know? Absolutely. I fucking love it. The freedom and the, the thumbprint. We all have our thumbprint, you know? Right. 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 For sure. That's cool. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're a, a country music guy. Um, cause I, I like it too. And it's, it's, it's a weird thing. Cause it's like, there's so much negativity around country music just cause of the, I don't know. Just the, well, there's the, a lot of bad pop music that passes for country music. I think that doesn't right. help, you know. The industry kind of sucks, but you know, like what what the the cool guys are doing is really like you know mm-hmm. bringing it back to to something really more than something commercial is is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and that that connection between the the rock world and, and punk rock and and even like Chris Shifflett from the Foo Fighters is doing his own solo stuff, and it, it's very it, it's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's cool stuff so yeah I'm, charlie I'm, crockett have you gotten into charlie crockett oh my god yeah i had him on the show I, I got to interview him awesome yeah like a year and a half ago that dude's amazing yeah he's so funny he's, he, he 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 came he comes from hip-hop huh i didn't realize that like i, I saw an interview with him and he he started out like he was into hip-hop 
And then it kind of like, then he kind of discovered his love for, for country and kind of what I love what he's doing. I love like how he's bringing it back, you know, like with the rhinestone and the, the nudie suits and all that stuff. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cool too, how he started out busking, you know, like he started at the very bottom, you know, and like yeah. just worked his way up, just do hard work, yeah. hard work. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, um, yeah, I'm actually kind of, if you don't mind me asking about strung out, I know we're talking about this current project. Um, but, um, I, I'm kind of interested in the, um, the songwriting and and strung out, uh, versus, uh, kind of what you're doing here. And, um, uh, have you all along, have you done most of the songwriting, uh, for that band or or how did, how did that usually work out with that? Strung out. Um, I'm in a band with three other guitar, three guitar players that rip. So that's like fighting for your time, for your, for your ideas. You know what I mean? It, everyone's got ideas and those guys are so creative. It's a, it's a war. It's like a fist bike with strung out, like trying to like muckle in your ideas. And, but at the same time, be, um, democratic about it and be, a um, um, a, 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 uh, what's the word like to just surrender a little bit and let somebody take the wheel for a little bit. And I think that's the most important thing about strung out is learning to work together you know, and there's compromise and stuff, but you know, you do your best to keep the purity going. I don't have to do that with Hal. Hal is just all me. Whatever the right. fuck I think of, I'll do it. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. So, so I think that's probably why how I did Hal was to have that kind of freedom. You know. Yeah, and and share your own song. So are you in strung out? Are you guys more like uh, bringing riffs and stuff, and um, and everyone yeah. just kind of whatever works out best? That's what you guys go with. Yeah, it's very metal, you know, like riffs are like everything with strung out. Those guys are riff masters. Right. Um, I can't really write riffs. I can write chord progressions for melodies, but like the catchy riffs that those metal metal riffs those guys write are I can't do that. So I focus more on mood. Like what kind of mood do I want to create, you know? And that's kind of my what I bring to the table, I guess. Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. Yeah, the, the the song "Good Hands" um, has this really cool upbeat vibe and uh, really memorable melody. And uh, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that song. Uh, that was the first part, the first song I wrote for the Howl record, and uh, it was the confidence builder. Like I threw it away and put it in the trash, and I rewrote it and I threw it away again. And my bass player heard it and was like, "What are you doing? Like this is a fucking great song. Like you're, this is this is yes, this is what you need to like." So he kind of saved he saved the whole project and it was kind of like the, like I said, the confidence builder, like, okay, I wrote a song finally the first step and it made everything easy after that. It's always the first step, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kind of breaks the seal a little bit. And then if somebody reacts to it in a positive way, that's all you need. Like the head fuckery of like writing a song is the worst thing in the world, you know, and to get just the slightest amount of like positive feedback is can make a whole record possible. Yeah, for sure. That totally makes sense. Do you write? Are you a musician? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm a musician. You can see my my cello in the background um, there. But um, I saw that. Do you write? Do you write songs? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I I just play at like local breweries and coffee shops and stuff like that. Um, Nice. I I like it from like the perspective of um, like, I don't know. It's just like. I like putting together puzzles and, and so songwriting has been uh, like, how do you do this? You know, how do, how do I learn a new thing? And um, always been into Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson. And, and then I was, it really been into punk rock. Mike Ness social distortion was huge for me. Um, Bad religion, you guys. And um, so, yeah, so this songwriting has just been kind of a, um, just a, a little exploration for me to do. Um, but I, I love doing, but you're right about the head fuckery. It's, 
you get in your own head when you're when you're doing it you're like is this just shit you know and then you play it for somebody and you know it, it's it's fun to do and then you have kids and you have a family relying on you and so i don't know about you but there's times where i'm like i just spent a whole week on this fucking idea and like i have a family waiting on like what am i doing like fuck you know what i mean like to try and justify it it's like it's hard to believe that art art even gets made sometimes because it takes so much time and energy and thought and faith that you have to sacrifice for it. And other important things are like nagging at you all the time. And it's like, fuck, am I wasting my time? Right. Yeah. It's, it, it's amazing. And, and sometimes you start thinking about like, you know, did I, did I rip off somebody? Did I, did I come up with this on my own or is this, am I just ripping off somebody else? Or, you know, there's, there's so many different like traps you can get stuck into. Yeah. That can be frustrating for sure. Well, um, yeah, I like the song uh, "Lowrider" as well, and uh, it's a lot more laid back and reflective. And um, yeah, I was just wondering, um, you know, where did that song come from, and um, what, what were you going for with that one? Um, I, uh, like a kind of like a uh, a sexy Twin Peaks vibe, like a girl stripping in a red room, kind of. Like I want to write, a, I want to write more songs that girls can like get naked to, kind of. That's what I think of, like when I write songs like that, or like something something really dirty and like you know, like. I don't know, something you put on when you're, you know, with your lady doing cocaine or something. I don't know. Bad stuff, you know, like something sexy. That's something that like, that like, uh, creates a vibe, you know, I like that. Yeah. That's interesting. Dirty. I, I, I don't know that I've, uh, ever heard anyone mention Twin Peaks when they're talking about writing a song. That's, that's pretty cool. Like uh fire walk with me. You ever see fire walk with me? Yeah. That scene at the end where she's in the, the, the bar, like that, that, that's my favorite david lynch scene ever and that's what he does good like bad girls doing bad things and like b- bad places i love that yeah are you a big uh, david lynch fan I, lo- I used to love david lynch fuck um anything he did um he hasn't i didn't like the new twin peaks too much but everything before that i thought i would like i said he always has this thing with bad girls like fascination with them you know and putting them in really compromising positions that was like his thing you know and just weird yeah there was that relationship between um uh i can't remember the names in twin peaks but the uh um the, the main character the the investigator and then that brunette girl and there was this sort of like tension between them all Finn? The, yeah, yeah yeah and there was that whole tension that he built between i always thought that was kind of an interesting part of twin peaks you know yeah it's very like it's very musical like the, his whole style of filming of cinema is is it's like music without music like he's he like it's like visual music it's so rad yeah, yeah he's super interesting i agree with you though the, the new one um that came out a few years ago it's almost like he didn't have enough constraints he got to be too 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 much david lynch and it was just yeah so fucking weird it's like they were paying him a lot of money to be david lynch like do do something david lynch and he was just yeah i felt like it was like uh he, like he did it like it was gratuitous or something i don't know I, yeah I feel the Whatever. same way. I, I love that scene in Mulholland Drive where, um, when uh, they they they're at like a Denny's and then there's like this like scary dude behind a garbage can. Oh, the dumpster. Yeah. The, oh fuck. Yeah. That haunts me to this day. Like, <laughs> yeah, that I, whole fucking movie is like a song. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really make literal like sense like in this like a linear way. It just it's like tones. Like he uses like tones that like, or like a lost highway like fuck like jealousy and like god he's like he knows how to like pull those those right chords with you that make you feel uncomfortable you know and there's always sex involved like 
underlying everything. Like it's really unnerving sometimes, but uh, uh, attractive. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. He's a, he's a weird dude. I like that guy for sure. And Jim Jarmusch. I love Jim Jarmusch. I'm not familiar with him. Uh, down by law. Um, he's done a lot of work with Tom Waits. Okay. Um, only lovers left alive. You would love Jim Jarmusch if you love David Lynch. Okay. Jim Jarmusch. I'll, uh, I'll make a mental yeah. note of that. Down sure. by law. You like Tom Waits? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, dude, you love, you love Jim Brown. I mean, he uses Tom Waits a lot in, in his movies. Okay. Coffee and cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're I'll send you, I'll send you, I'll, I'll email you some titles that you would love. Absolutely. That'd be rad. Yeah. I love that. I almost feel too, that there's almost like a, like a beatnik, um, a sort of like undertone to a lot of that too. There's just this like diving into the darker parts of America and, and, and like, just like kind of like messing around with it and dealing with it and, and kind of pulling from it, you know, it, it, yeah. it all kind of like works together. Tom Waits and the beats and Lynch and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. That baseline. So it's some kind of weird, almost like, like there's like a poem, like the, like the, the, like it's a poem being like laid out before you. Mm. Cool. Yeah, it's jazzy and it's kind of dark and kind of sexy. Yeah, and all that stuff. That's great. Well, um, I'm also kind of interested in um, uh, guitar geek stuff. I'm a guitar player myself, and I've uh, been playing since I was 13, so quite a while now. And um, I'm kind of interested in your setup for um, Howl and your guitar tone um, in, in, in that band versus Strung Out. Like, what what kind of different amps, guitars, and stuff like that are you are you looking for for those those different sounds? Strung out is like the complete opposite of strung out. Like anything, like oh, a Fender Twin is like 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 a garlic to a vampire to strung out. So like I got a Fender Twin and like just something clean and punchy with like a tube screamer and and surfy kind of sounding, you know, like super clean and punchy and surfy. That's 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 what I want for Hal. And uh, dude, guitar playing guitar tone is like an endless. It's an endless like fucking journey you know like trying to find it's fun you know I, I dig it um those guys are all like in a uh boutique amps which strung out and uh monster amps a lot of low end scoop sound um and they're all like i said they're all heshers and they're all guitar players so it's like a constant battle trying to like outdo each other which is like a sound in itself is a lot of like um, half stacks with really like high gain and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And Rob, Rob actually uh, really Rob's into um, Evertune guitars now. Have you seen those things? Huh. They got a tuner built into the guitar, the body of the guitar, hmm. and it keeps it perfectly in tune all the time. It's amazing. Hmm. And uh, you adjust the uh, you adjust the intensity so you can do bends and squeals. Huh. And so Rob's all about that. His tone's great right now. Is it like a mechanical thing that like tunes it as you go? Yeah, it's like a digital thing, a digital with me- um, mechanical too. Like it's pretty complicated. And they bore out the inside of your guitar and put this whole thing inside of it, and it's it, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't heard of that before. Yeah, check it out, Evertune. If you have a guitar, like um, I wouldn't do it to any of my guitars, but if I I'd probably buy a guitar specifically for it and right. bore it out. Yeah, but you like your, uh, your you like your Fender Twin for uh, for for the Howl stuff. Yeah, anything Fender for Hal. Hal's all Fender. Uh, Jazzmaster guitar, Helly's, like you know, yeah. good stuff. A single coil pickup kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I got into um, Mike Ness. Um, just I, don't, I obviously don't know him, but um, just reading about his his tone uh, got me into um, the uh, P90 pickup. And so uh, yeah. I got a Gibson SG with the P90, and I got um, sitting right next to me actually a, a Fender Deluxe Reverb, uh, 1967. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, I can I can probably move the. Uh, that Deluxe Reverb's awesome. Yeah, that's a. Uh, yeah, I bought it. In does it have Does it have two speakers in it or one? No, it's got one big 15 inch. Nice. Yeah, and it obviously came with the 12 inches um, stock, but um, this one, this is a weird one. I bought it in high school from a buddy for a hundred bucks, and um, it was like neither one of us knew what it was, and um, I had to get it fixed. That it was like kind of gutted, like somebody had kind of messed with it. Um, so I had I took it to a guitar shop, had a bunch of work done to it, and now it sounds crazy. But um, yeah, that some the the guitar guy I took it to, he's like, that's a 15 inch speaker, and it's a Jensen uh, from the time period, but it's a 15 inch, and I don't know like. Who thought of putting that in there? It's weird. Rad. A lot of cool low end on it, though. It, it sounds pretty cool. Yes. Yeah, and all you need with like a, maybe a tube screamer with those amps just mm -hmm. so for a little bit of bite or punch. Yeah. I got um, this is my, uh, my the, the Super Overdrive. Oh, nice. I bought this is from high school, actually. This is like 30 years old. Uh, still works. Missing, nice. missing the knob over here. But um, yeah, that's a. Uh, yeah, just a, just a little bit of gain, you know, and, the, and those single coils and then going through this, you turn it up to four or five and you get, you get a lot of like great tone out of it. You know, I love yeah. those Thunder amps for sure. Well, that's cool. All right. Well, thanks for uh, indulging me on that. I like, I like it talking. Guitar no, stuff. dude, dude, guitars, guitars and uh, fighters. That's what I, I, I always, I'm drawn to th those two guitar players and fighters. I don't know why. <laughs> kind of the same thing. So um, I'm interested in uh, uh, upcoming um, uh, tours. The, the the album's coming out um, in in April, and uh, are you guys going to be um, uh, touring behind it and uh, hitting the road, or uh, what, what's coming up for you this this next year with uh, with this project? Uh, for how we're going to do it as much as we can. Everybody in the band's a dad, you know. We all um, so it's we're on the full dad schedule, um, and uh, I'd like to hop on just some stuff, just some tours with other people, just so we can get play in front of some people, you know. Um, it's like starting over. I'm starting over from scratch, and that's a thing in itself. So I'm down for the journey, you know. And um, I just want to get in front of people and start playing. We have uh, shows booked up until summer, and then uh, I got to start booking the fall, you know. So yeah, are you doing uh, mostly West Coast stuff, or are you going throughout the country? Mostly West Coast stuff right now. Okay, because I got to finish the strung out record. So right. Are you? Uh, are you guys coming through uh, Reno at all? I'd love to come through Reno. Okay, but but not on the tour yet. Not not yet. No. Okay. Cool. We got some, we got some good clubs that would I think would love to have you guys for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hey, can you maybe when I email you some uh, some some movie tiles, you can email me some club info. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Brad, I yeah. love Reno. Yeah, it's a it's a cool town for sure. I'm, yeah, I'm, is I'm, that I'm, where you, so, so you're in Reno, obviously? Carson City. So I'm just south of Reno. Awesome, uh, Brad. Yeah. Yeah, but right in that area, you know, Lake Tahoe is like 15 minutes away, you know, and it's a cool yeah. little area for sure. All right. Well, if uh, people want to know more about you, find you online and uh, buy merch and uh, support you and all that kind of stuff, what's the best place to find you online? Um, I'm, I'm on Instagram, um, Jason Cruz and Hal.com. Um, we got some killer merch. Um, and uh, I have a, I did a painting for each song on the record. Um, so we're uh, April 1st is our record release show. And we're going to have an art show and a record release show uh, with uh, Dog Party and the Bent Duo uh, in L.A. April 1st. And uh, all the paintings are going to be on display. And uh, I got a print package coming out and something really visual to come with the record so people can vibe out on. Yeah, absolutely. Is, is there going to be vinyl with the uh, with the record? 
Yes, there will be vinyl. Fantastic. That's the new thing. It's cool to see vinyl coming back. Yeah, vinyl is amazing. It's something like I always believe you need something tangible. I, you know, I, I'm, I don't mind the streaming thing and I like how accessible it is, but I feel people really covet uh, something tangible that they can hold, you know, with, with the music and um, packaging is rad these days. The things you can do. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you taking some time to talk with me. And I think the the, the album sounds great. And um, I'm uh, looking forward to you guys doing the, the release and getting out there. That's cool. Well, I sincerely apologize for missing you earlier. And I thank you for your time, dude. I appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Good luck on that right. strung out record. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Just a quick reminder to follow me on social media, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. If you haven't already, like and subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to this. Hit that subscribe button, leave me a rating, and tell a friend. Until next time, everybody, have a good one.